Hi there, it's Ryan and Victoria Cole. Welcome to Needed Conversations. We're giving you an inside look this week of a conversation that we had on Instagram Live. A great conversation. It was talking about the meaning and the, the weight behind the fight for your marriage. What are the tactics of the enemy? How does he get in and drive a wedge between you and your spouse? That's what we're talking about. And also, it's another reason why you should follow us on social media, Instagram and Facebook, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because we do lives often um, and we do some couples interviews, some interactive lives with Q&A. So it's um, also a good way to connect and uh, get some of your questions answered and stuff like that. Yeah, it's at more most forever. And you're going to hear throughout this episode us talk about our wonderful event coming up, the Forevermore Marriage Getaway, and so much more. So stay tuned. Um, it's going to be a wonderful conversation. Let's jump in. Let's jump in. So thank you for joining us. We're going to be talking about the fight for your marriage and what the fight is really about. I believe sometimes we get confused about why is it that me and my spouse are having so much disagreements or why does it feel like it's such a fight to get this marriage to work? And if you feel like that, you are not alone. So we are going to be speaking directly to that. But most of the time, the fight in your marriage is not about the individual spats that you're having and and the little disagreements here and there. There's a greater, more more important issue at hand as to why you're you're really fighting for your marriage and what you should be doing instead. Thanks for joining us. We're so excited to have this conversation because we're going to be exposing the plots and the plans of the enemy as it relates to your marriage and why it is you're under the struggle that you are. Many of you um, who are watching this, uh, I know seeing some of you in the comments, you're going to be seeing us pretty soon, about three weeks, at the Forevermore Marriage Getaway. Are you excited about that? Yeah, it's only three weeks away, so we're gearing up for it, and it's going to be really awesome. We're Continuing to have people sign up, so but so if you haven't signed up, you want to reserve your spot because seating is limited. We're only taking a hundred couples, but it's going to be an incredible time. We're really expectant, and it's going to be an amazing time in the presence of the Lord. I, I truly believe some of y'all are going to receive deliverance and healing in your soul, and I think a lot of it also has to do with what some of the reasons why we are arguing and constantly dealing with some of the challenges that we are dealing with because we're honestly dealing with a personal crisis and personal internal struggles ourselves and so that makes it very challenging sometimes to work together if you know one individual is struggling and I think all of us are struggling because we're all in this walk of life and so we need to we need to be more gracious to one another but um, in the process I think some of us have dealt with a lot of trauma from from past hurt, from childhood, that we have to address and feel. Um, You know, we always teach about this, that you have to feel in order to deal. And a lot of times we are constantly suppress those feelings and those emotions and things that we deal with. And we feel like we just got to put this front that we're good, we're okay. But we start seeing later on down the line that our relationships struggle because of that, because we have not dealt with specific traumas. And I think that that's another reason why we deal with some of the issues, um, you know, in arguing with our, our spouse. But we're excited. It's going to be an incredible time. You're going to be really equipped. Um, and not only that, there's going to be an incredible amount of uh, amazing couples that you can connect to as well. And hear other people's testimony, but we're also going to have a good time. We're going to laugh. We're going to play some games. We're going to have uh, some light dancing, you know, um, for you to renew your vows to with your spouse and uh, an, an amazing banquet dinner. So if you have not signed up, you can go to forevermoregetaway.com and register right now. That way you don't forget and reserve your spot. We're excited to see you guys there. Yeah, we've got um, over 50 couples registered now. So we've got space for, for more. There's limited space at the hotel. We've had to extend the room block. It's at Hotel Hartness, which is this 
beautiful boutique hotel in Greenville, South Carolina. And that's where it's all happening, September 1st and 2nd at the Hotel Hartness. Uh, It's in Greenville's backyard, but it's on a 150-acre property. There's hiking and biking trails. There's a swimming pool. It's just going to be so romantic and wonderful. But even more so is going to be transformational. That's what we wanted this event to be. We saw a lot of marriage events that I think are doing, uh, we don't want to criticize anyone who's doing marriage work, but we saw a gap because there's a lot of marriage events that are either very expensive and they're excursions and, you know, you're going out of the country and it's very expensive. So not all couples can, can experience that. And then on the other end of it, it's like going to a very low end hotel you know, ballroom and you're just sitting there, there, there's nothing special or romantic about it. And it feels like you're just in a gray room face to face with all of your marriage issues. And we didn't want either one of those for this experience. We wanted transformational teaching, which you're going to get with workbooks. And we're going to be doing hardcore ministry on Friday night, prophetic ministry, deliverance ministry for those who need it. And we're going to be giving you real-world principles that you can instill in your relationship right away. A lot of couples, they're they're experiencing challenges because they don't know what questions to ask. They keep using the same strategies to communicate, and they're talking past one another. And they think, well, if we talk louder, maybe they'll hear me. Maybe if I throw a tantrum, they'll finally hear me. And you, you can't blame the response that you're given. You have to change the question. So there's a power in knowing how to ask the right question to your spouse that will unlock something inside of them that you didn't know was there, an answer, a solution, a gift, whatever that is. That's what's going to happen at the Forevermore Getaway. But it's not only transformational, it's romantic And it's a luxury experience, but it's affordable. We have slashed the price of these hotel rooms in half. So if you want to stay on site, if you're out of town or you just want to do a little staycation, you can. It's 50% off the regular room rate. Regularly, it's like over $350 for a standard room. We've negotiated $169 per night to stay. Um, If you want a suite, it's just a little bit more so you could get room to relax and lay out. And there's going to be some free time on Saturday afternoon as well to enjoy the amenities. And guess what? We have a chiropractor coming. Mm -hmm. And if you want, you can get a free adjustment. This is our chiropractor who brings our bones into line. They're going to be coming to bring you in to right alignment. We have a wealth advisor coming. I'm going to be doing a session where I interview him And we're going to be talking about how to manage your finances as a couple, how to manage your budget, but also how to build wealth, especially if you're entrepreneurial. You know, a lot of times that comes with high highs and low lows. Mm -hmm. How do you manage those swings when you're taking a risk to do something extraordinary, maybe that you've never even seen done in your family? All of that's going to be there. We're going to teach. We're going to do a QA and a panel. We're going to have worship and it's only two seventy nine per couple. So while there is space left, you should go to forevermoregetaway.com and register now. But tonight, I want you to stay on. Those who are watching right now, would you commit? Give us at least 10 or 15 minutes and stay on and listen to what we have to say. Because tonight, we are pulling back the covers and exposing the works of the enemy. There is a fight or marriage. There is a fight that the enemy has waged against God's design for marriage. And there's very specific reasons he's doing it. And there's very specific ways he's doing it. This is spiritual warfare. It's not just about your physical relationship and, you know, the lovey-dovey feelings that all couples have and they come and they go and they come again You know, one older man that I spoke to said before, you know, that he reckoned that over the course of his marriage, which was decades long, that he had fallen in and out of love with his wife over and over again. And that's really what happens in the relationship. It's like the tide rolls in and the tide rolls out. And what can happen is we can become deceived by the low tide. 
We can become deceived by the challenging seasons of our marriage and want to throw in the towel. And it's in those moments where we isolate ourselves to our own corners and we, uh, and we find ourselves at war in our minds. What is spiritual warfare? Spiritual warfare is the counsel of your mind with any other spirit other than the spirit of God. So you're isolating yourself uh, from your spouse. The enemy's got you in a corner and he's, he's projecting these thoughts and ideas, some of which may be rooted in a measure of truth and others which are completely fab- fabricated lies. Actually, the lies are almost easier to spot. It's mm-hmm. the deception that's hardest to spot because deception is truth with a little bit of lie mixed in. So he takes one little flaw about your spouse and magnifies it times 100, and he starts waging war in your mind and planting ideas like divorce, like leave the house, you know, you're better than this, or, you know, and granted, again, we... When we're talking about these things, we always have a caveat for anybody who is in an abusive relationship. You know, that should not be tolerated. You know, if you need help, reach out. We can connect you with some resources or or we, we can help you find a way to, to escape whatever abuse that you're experiencing. But we're not talking about abuse here. We're talking about everyday struggles that couples go through, some of which feel insurmountable. They feel overwhelming. But the enemy, what he will do is isolate you in a corner where he can get inside of your head. And listen, you could be as close as my wife and I sitting here tonight, and the enemy could still have you isolated. You could be coming home, sitting in the same room with your spouse every single night, and you're isolated. When I go to the book of Genesis and I see how the woman was deceived, I see that it says that she gave the fruit to her husband who was with her. That means she was in the presence of her husband, but there was an emotional disconnect. There was a disconnect in in, uh, her connection with her, her leadership with the authority of the Godhead upon her relationship. And even though she was in the presence of her husband, she allowed the enemy to isolate her in her mind. Spiritual warfare isn't about what's going on out here. All of that is self-imposed. All of the issues that we face out here is because of the battle that's going on in our mind. Mm -hmm. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I spoke like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. What was he saying? The things that are going on in my life are are directly related to what's coming out of my mouth and what's what's between my ears. And so if the enemy can capture your thought, you will sabotage yourself. If he can plant a seed of division in your marriage, he can step away and not bother you anymore and you will tear each other apart. But we're declaring an end to the wiles of the enemy tonight in the name of Jesus. And if you are watching this and if you are experiencing turmoil in your marriage, I want you to lift yourself up out of it just for a moment in your mind and see from a heavenly perspective that the fight that you are experiencing is not about the present issues that you're facing in the relationship. But the end goal that God has in mind for your marriage, the end goal that the enemy does not want you to get to, and if he could keep you in a cycle of self-sabotage, he can keep you from fulfilling God's purpose upon your life. And we're going to talk about what that is and why marriage is so important. Victoria, what do you think about this battles and warfare that we experience. Well, I always say, you know, out of the Bible says the out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. And all those thoughts, the enemy implants, it has to really get, has to be put into our heart and take root. And once it takes root, we start speaking it. That's why we start arguing with our spouse because we've allowed the enemy to sabotage our thought process and start, you know, negotiating in our mind about our spouse, even some of the things that are true, it's, it's again, it's deception is truth mixed in with a little bit of lie. And 
although maybe your spouse messed up, you are now creating this in your mind. And now it's like the seed that you've planted, it has become this huge tree. And now it's coming out of your mouth, whatever you're saying about your spouse. And now because you're speaking out of your mouth, it's coming into existence. And so we have to be very mindful about taking every thought captive. Um, and, and again, it's challenging. It's a lot easier to said than done, you know, living with a person and experiencing maybe challenge after challenge and feeling like you're not taking a, you know, not being able to catch a breath because you're constantly in the strenuous season. But this is why it's so important to have that personal relationship with God, because as long as you put your hope and trust in your spouse alone, you are always going to be disappointed. Your, your expectations are never going to be met. And I think that we have made gods of our spouses. We all assume that our spouse is responsible for this, or mm-hmm. our, our spouse is going to do this when there are, uh, they're human beings as well. And although, we, you know, we should always call each other higher and, um, you know, motivate each other to, to do better, I'm not saying that it's giving people excuse to have this bad behavior, but at the end of the day, we have to allow God to change that person's heart. We can't take that responsibility upon ourselves because as much as you want to, you're always going to end up being frustrated that whatever you do, whatever tactics that you use, like Ryan said, you're using the same tactics, you know, that uh, it's not really changing the question. You're, you, just, you just keep using the same tactics over and over again, expecting a different result. But that different result is not going to happen until you're going to have that transformation of your heart and you're going to allow God and entrust God with your spouse with a specific situation. Yeah, and I don't want you to misunderstand what we're saying tonight. We're talking about spiritual warfare, number one, and the attack of the enemy against the institution of marriage and how that affects you and your spouse. But that does not negate personal responsibility. In fact, quite the opposite. Once your eyes are opened to see the enemy at work, you've got to do the work on the opposite end to safeguard your relationship. That means fortifying your prayer life. That means uh, going and seeking out a mentor. That means attending an event like the Forevermore Getaway and getting those practical strategies so you can build firewalls around your relationship that when the enemy does attack, you will be able to recognize him right away. Instead of having a relationship where Uh, The enemy can creep in every crack and crevice and every gap. Some of you have got a grand canyon between you and your spouse. And inevitably, when couples come in for counseling with us or mediation, you know, uh, nine-tenths of the issue is not in the relationship itself, but it's with two broken individuals who have fallen far away from God. And you can blame the church for it. You can blame religion. You can blame your spouse. And you could put God's, uh, you could put the face of your spouse on God. But but here's, here's what you have to do. You have to understand that when the fight is on and when the struggle gets the heaviest, that means that you are that much closer to a breakthrough. And I will say it like this. If you are in the middle of the crisis It is the greatest opportunity for you to experience transformation because most people don't change until there is a crisis. And so most people, like Victoria said at the beginning, will keep suppressing and suppressing and suppressing. We're afraid to raise the issue because it will agitate the situation. But if your marriage is agitated right now, that's good news. Frustration is an invitation to change. But the enemy doesn't want you to change. So he's going to keep you isolated so you will suppress and suppress and suppress. I'm not, I'm not even necessarily saying right now that your marriage is bad on the outside. In fact, for some of you, everybody looking in, your marriage might look great. You might not even scream at one another. In fact, some of you may have moved beyond the screaming phase to now you're in the whatever phase. You know, you just don't care anymore. 
You're like, I'm just going to stay in this because we have kids and, you know, maybe one day something will happen with this marriage. But until then, I'm just going to stay in it just because the end, that's that's the scariest place to be in because you've moved beyond the crisis and now you've become complacent. Mm-hmm. You've got to agitate that relationship just a little bit, just enough for you to begin to make some changes. So why does the enemy attack marriages so much? Why does the enemy want to keep you and your spouse from agreeing? Because if you can agree, anything is possible. Matthew 18, 19 says that whatever you, whatever two touch and agree on, it shall be done by my father, which art in heaven. Another scripture says one person can discharge a thousand angels, but two people can discharge 10,000 angels. There's a multiplied power when you and your spouse get into agreement. So the enemy is going to fight you tooth and nail to keep you in your individual corners, isolated so that you don't fulfill your purpose. Even some of you have, have accepted a lie from the enemy well, I'm just going to go and fulfill my purpose, and then if my spouse decides to come along, then 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 maybe he will. Or or you've you've made the excuse that my career is going to pay off in the end, and I'll catch up with my marriage later. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You could have all of the success in the world, but if you are not winning at home, there's no way that you're going to be able to leave a significant mark on the world. You can have all of the wealth and riches and all of the applause out there. But if you come home to a miserable relationship and you are not passing on a legacy of faith to your children, have you really gained anything? What have you gained if you've gotten the entire world, but you've lost your soul in the process? And I know some of you are listening to this and saying, I don't want to hear that right now. I'm frustrated. You, you, you have, you have, you have argued until you're blue in the face and you don't want to stir up anything again because of the pain that you think that you'll endure. But the more you suppress it, the more you're bathing your mind in toxic juices. You are just allowing the enemy to further drive these seeds into the soil of your heart. You've got to uproot that thing, uproot that bitterness, uproot that unforgiveness. You've got to let your spouse go and let God deal with their heart, and you've got to get right with God. We were on the live uh, the other night with a couple, and they said, "Tell I'm going to tell God on you. So we said that we were going to use that. <laughs> so if you feel like that your spouse is not hearing you, you need to go pray and tell God uh, about tell your God spouse, how, how, yeah. he's, how they're messing up. So. This is the one time you can go and tattletale. <laughs> like literally take your frustrations to the prayer room and fortify your marriage. Let God transform your attitude before you step out of there. But why does the enemy want to fight us? Let, let, me, let me say it like this. You go all the way back to the book of Genesis, the original marriage that God created. Marriage is the most important institution that God ever created. So much so that he took the blueprints of that marriage and he created the church. The church is exactly like the marriage. The church is, is the body of Christ. We are one flesh. We are the bride of Christ. Jesus is the groom. Husbands, lay down your wife. I could go on with that parallel. You get what I'm saying. But if you look at the instructions, most people, they they want to separate maleness and femaleness in the beginning. But in the beginning, Adam was one, both male and female, mm-hmm. until he pulled the wife out of the husband. And it wasn't necessarily that they became man and woman, but the translation is that they became husband and wife. And Mm -hmm. there's a key difference there. Uh, Our gender is in our biology, which leads to procreation, which leads to all of our other attributes as mother and father. But when it comes to this relationship, the core of who we are is a husband and a wife. And even if you are single out there, you are still a wife or a husband in the process. And we tell most single people, you're not looking for a man or a woman. You are looking for a fully developed husband or wife. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, they're not going to be 100% developed, 
but you're looking for someone who already resembles or models the attribute of a wife or of a husband. And so if you're married, you're, you're past that mark. You're in the process. You're in the grind right now to become a husband and a wife. And there's pulling and tugging. But here's the caveat. Most people look to the book of Genesis and see our most important instruction that God gave to us, which was restored through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, was the dominion mandate. Most people are ready to get up out of here. You know, they want to go on to heaven because they think that there's greener pastures there. No, the earth was a gift for man for us to have dominion and to bring heaven, the culture of heaven, here on earth. And how does he do it? He does it through the marital union, through the institution of marriage that spreads a culture to children and offspring and spiritual children that spread through communities that affect nations that affect the world. I hope you're hearing me tonight. But if you look at that original mandate to be fruitful, multiply, subdue, replenish, have dominion, those things, it's impossible to fulfill that dominion mandate as just a man. It's impossible to fulfill that dominion mandate as just a woman. Individually, you will never be able to fulfill that demand, uh, the fullness of that dominion mandate. The only way that that can be fulfilled is through the cooperation of a man and a woman. That's why the enemy is not just fighting, as you see in our culture, husbands and wives. He's fighting men and women all together. There's a clashing of the swords when it comes to gender right now. And I think that there's an awakening coming, saying that we've been sold a bag of lies, Mm -hmm. even as it relates to, you know, large aspects of feminism. Should women be empowered? Absolutely. Jesus was an empowerer of women. But I believe that the world's idea of feminism has sold us a bag of lies. I also believe that the American dream isn't really all that dreamy. I believe that the American dream that our founders uh, uh, thought of when they were establishing the Constitution is far from this consumeristic idea of what it means to have an American dream. That it's not just about working your behind off and having no relational equity at home. It's not just about going and working, you know, 12 hours a day and having no meaningful connection outside of it. You're not a human doing, you're a human being. And so the enemy wants to divide us as men and women in the world but he's starting in the home. He wants Mm -hmm. to confuse you about your gender and about your role in that relationship. You have been confused for too long, and tonight we are exposing the enemy. We are shining light on the darkness, and you have to understand that without the cooperation of both the, the male and the female gender, specifically at work within the institution of marriage, We cannot fulfill the dominion mandate. That's a big deal because that's all that we were created to do is to have dominion. All of each of our purpose is to expand the glory of God in the earth realm. The word glory means culture. We got to take and represent the culture of heaven right here on earth. You want to jump in? You got something? No, go ahead. Why is the enemy fighting marriages? Because he knows if he can break apart marriages, that dominion mandate is never going to be fulfilled. Jesus restored us to this place of Eden, this place of presence. We have access. But if if we can't get marriage right, what makes us think we're going to get the church right? And if we can't get the church right, what makes us think we're going to have any impact on the world? We've got to get our marriages in line. The enemy is fighting us because he knows that that dominion mandate will not be fulfilled if marriages remain broken. And all of the statistics, we could pull countless statistics that will back up everything that we're saying. When marriages are healthy and supported within a community, high school dropout rates decrease. Health insurance premiums decrease. There's less sickness and disease. There's more prosperity, financially speaking. Those who are, have, have healthy marriages produce more wealth. Right? Again, it's that multiplication principle. How can you be fruitful and multiply if you're not in agreement, if you're not conceiving something together? 
The second reason that the enemy wants to destroy marriages is because he wants to disrupt godly legacies. What Mm -hmm. is being fought in your marriage right now isn't just about this present age. It's about generations that are yet to be born who will come from you and have to struggle with generational curses that you did not have the faith to confront. But you have everything you need to overcome the obstacles. Yes, I know you might have been handed generational curses. You came from a broken home or an abused relationship. Maybe you didn't have a good relationship with your parents. Whatever the circumstances are, whatever you're fighting with right now, maybe your parents stayed together, but they had a horrible marriage. And the only reason they stayed together was because of religion. You can break those generational curses and establish a legacy that you can pass on to your children. Children mm-hmm. who are, are raised in a two-parent household are the most privileged among all people groups across the face of this planet. If you can have a healthy marriage and raise those children in an environment where they can discover their purpose as you are being fruitful and multiplying, man, what a deposit that you're making in your city to, get, to raise up a child that would make that kind of impact having been raised with the values of the kingdom. No wonder the enemy is trying to fight. The devil is seeking to disrupt the passing down of godly values and principles from one generation to the next through your marriage. And so what is he going to do? He's going to sow seeds of discord. He's going to sow strife. He's going to bring up those uh, childhood trauma issues. And you're going to keep suppressing it and keep suppressing it because that's the coping strategy that, that he taught you. Maybe he taught it to you in private in a spiritual way. Or maybe it was taught to you by somebody else who was just trying to make it through. And we're all in the fight together just trying to make it through the struggle. It feels like a struggle, but there is more to life than what you've experienced up to this point. There is more to your marriage than meets the eye. God wants to uh, uh, invoke a generational blessing that you can pass down to your children. Number three, the reason why he's attacking you the way that he is, is because he is attacking the very gospel. And also, he's attacking the image of God. The Bible says, in the image of God, made he them, male and female, he created them. That means, just like I just said, you're not able to fulfill the dominion mandate apart from the unity of maleness and femaleness in the earth. We cannot reflect the full image of God apart from our counterpart. He created them in his image, male and female, That means the full image of God is only reflected when marriages are healthy in our society. As an individual, even if I uh, am able to be accomplished and successful and whatever, I'm still not reflecting the full image of God. And furthermore, that's why he introduces struggles with our gender and struggles in our sexuality because he's marring the very image of God. The enemy wants to attack the gospel the gospel is, is directly illustrated through the covenant of marriage. Again, this is a blueprint of the church and Jesus Christ. And you could be in a position, husbands, where you would live out an illustrated sermon of what it means to lay down your life for your wife as Christ loved the church. Oh, but you're too selfish for that. And I'm preaching to the choir because it's hard when push comes to shove and you've got to be the one that goes first. Head doesn't mean that you are um, dominating over your wife. To be the head of the house means that you go first, means that you lay on the altar first, means that you take the sacrifice first, means that you let her, her, her thrive and you take a back seat if that's what it takes to uh, uh, to fulfill the call of God upon your life, to humble yourself, to cooperate with not just your own calling, but to know she's got a calling inside of there too, and to blend those unique purposes into one specific purpose. And like a, a, an arrow, God can direct your marriage to do, to towards the kingdom of darkness to represent the gospel to the world. But that's why 
The enemy is fighting your marriage. You know why the enemy is also fighting your marriage? Because indirectly, if he affects your marriage, he erodes and weakens the church as a whole. You think it's just about your household, but it's your marriage and their marriage and their marriage and their marriage. We make up the body of Christ. If our marriages are not healthy in the church, what are we to do? The church will not thrive apart from the institution of marriage being healthy. The most sophisticated form of governance is the marriage. It's a reflection of this cooperation between the apostolic and the prophetic. The men being the apostolic, the women being the prophetic. The men bringing structure and order and theological alignment and women being the breath of God, being uh, the rear guard, having prophetic insight, the gift of wisdom, all of those things. You cooperate with the apostolic and the prophetic in your marriage, man, we will strengthen the church like nobody's business. That kind of church, if you just give me a church with healthy marriages and that's all that we got, if we only have one ministry in the church and that is the ministry to marriages, I'm telling you, we would be healthier, more successful, more impactful than any other church on the face of this earth. If we're not healthy, the enemy is winning. The enemy is weakening the influence of the church. And not only that, he's breaking down the family unit as a whole. Mm -hmm. This is the core. This is the brunt of, of the majority of all the spiritual warfare that is happening. I understand that it happens individually, even as a single person. But let's just face it. The reason why individuals are experiencing warfare is because they didn't give what they needed to at home. Mm-hmm. They, weren't, they weren't discipled. They weren't given the skills and the tools that they needed. They, they weren't affirmed. They have all of these holes in their soul that they're trying to fill. So again, it's the product of unhealthy marriages. And again, I want you to hear me tonight. I'm not saying that, oh, woe is us, you know, the enemy's attacking us and we're giving him all the credit. No, we're exposing the enemy so that we can do the real work. You, you've wallowed around in a victim's mentality long enough. We don't have to give you a victim's mentality. Many of you are already struggling with it. We're here to break that victim's mentality and expose the enemy tonight to, to ignite hope inside of you to be able to fight again. You know, if you look at the book of Ephesians, it's one of the most profound uh, books in the Bible because out of all the letters that were written to the churches, um, many of them dealt with specific issues. So the book of Hebrews, we're talking to those who were Jews. Mm. You know, Corinthians, we're talking to those who were living in a pagan land. And, and we could go on and, and, and on, the book of Romans. But the book of Ephesians, God was setting a prototype in motion for the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that he goes and layers it. He talks about you as an individual, what Christ did for you, how we've been raised to life in Christ. He talks about our individual responsibility. But then he starts going into the family unit Mm -hmm. and saying, if we are going to fulfill our mandate as a church, which is all of Ephesians chapter three, that we are to display the wisdom of God, the culture of God to the systems of this world. If we're gonna do that, we've gotta have strong marriages and strong families. So that's why in Ephesians chapter five, you got this whole section on marriage and parenting. Why? Because he's talked to you about individual responsibility. He's talked to you about the impact of the church in the world, but he's saying there's no way for us to have that impact if our marriages aren't fortified. Mm -hmm. And then this is what he does. He ends the book of Ephesians in Ephesians chapter six, put on the full armor of God so that you may stand against the wiles of the enemy, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, right? And so God is telling you, your, he says in the book of Ephesians, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, Ephesians chapter six, but against principalities and powers in heavenly places, heavenly 
places. That means, what are we saying tonight? Ephesians chapter 5, your marriage, God's bringing divine alignment. Why? Because the, the wrestling, the fight that you're having isn't in flesh and blood. The fight really isn't with your spouse. The fight is in your mind. The fight is, is against your identity and against what your marriage could become in the world. You've got to fortify yourself in this season and put on the full armor of God. You don't want your witness to be diminished because you failed to fortify your marriage. You don't want your family to be broken down because you failed to fortify your marriage. You might feel right now as if all hope is lost, as if you have tried everything. I can promise you that there is still hope. And in fact, many of you don't have faith for your marriage because you've lost all hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can't even have faith until you have hope. And so I just want to speak to some of you tonight and inject a little bit of hope inside of you to say, we have seen the miraculous happen. We have seen marriages that should have never worked and they, they, God did a miracle. My parents are a testimony of that. Many, many couples that we have counseled who have experienced adultery now are thriving, having children. There are others who are still in the middle of the fight, but we see the the transformation that is happening a little bit at a time. I want you to know there is hope for your marriage. It is not too far gone, but you've got to fortify yourself and pray You've got to fast. Have you ever fasted for your marriage? If you go to our website, moremostforever.com, there's a link in there called Praying Your I Do's. We've got three prayers that we scripted out, and I promise you we have covered every angle that we could think of from finances to children to purpose. We, we You're praying the, the full armor of God. I sent out a prayer to those today that we recorded through text. So if you're not a part of our text group, go to our bio after you leave this live and text us from that number and say, send me that prayer. We will absolutely send you those prayers, right? We want you to fortify your marriage. How do you fortify your marriage? You pray and let prayer be the central part of your communication strategy. How can you communicate with your spouse if you haven't first communicated with God? You've been negotiating with the enemy. You've been counseling with the enemy. Listen, remember, spiritual warfare is the counsel of your mind with any other spirit other than the spirit of God. I learned that from Dr. Cindy Trim, and it trans, it changed my life because it's not about that person it's all, at all. It's about the war in your mind, right? And when you decide to rise up and use the weapons that have been given to you, weapons of war, praise, Worship, some of you just need to change the atmosphere in your house. I love what my wife does. She works out in the morning, and as I'm, you know, getting dressed, I can hear that worship music start. She finishes that workout. We're getting breakfast together. It's worship. The atmosphere is shifting. Some of you just need to put on a little bit of worship music in your house, leave it on 24-7, even if it's on down on volume two, and see how that might shift the atmosphere. Some of you need to fast. You've never pushed away the plate for your marriage, but now is the time. Some of you need to make some serious investments. You need to come to an event like Forevermore Marriage Getaway. You need to reach out for help. You need to pray for a specific strategy like Esther did. We did an entire episode on the strategy for, for, uh, for challenging marital dynamics. Esther who it, it wasn't just her marriage that was on the line. The entire nation of Israel was at stake. They were going to be annihilated. That's how important her marriage was. Do you know how important your marriage is? Do you know what God can do with your relationship? Maybe you should start praying and fasting like Esther did. Get some other serious people involved. Say, I don't have time to tell you all the details but I need you to fast with me for my marriage. Not just so we can be whole, but because I know that my marriage was made for more. 
God wants your marriage to be a tabernacle for the glory of God. And so I want to encourage you tonight. We're going to pray for you. Uh, Victoria, I want you to share any thoughts that you have. I know I've preached to y'all. I can feel it. I got, uh, you know, a little bit of dry mouth. I'm going to have to chug some water after this. But I hope you heard my heart tonight to understand that the battle that you are facing is not about the little issues in your relationship. It's because the enemy already knows what's going to happen when you get your marriage together, that you will fulfill the dominion mandate, that you will break generational curses in Jesus' name, that you will pass on a legacy of faith, that you will reflect the culture of the kingdom of heaven in your home It will spread like wildfire to your community and your city and nation will be changed. You say one marriage? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All it takes is one marriage in one city to make a difference. It'll spread. One couple getting healed, mentoring another couple and mentoring another couple. This is the revolution that we are talking about. Why we are so passionate about marriage ministry. Because we know that marriage is the engine of society. I don't think you heard me. Marriage is the engine of society. We ain't going nowhere if marriages are not healed and made whole. Do you hear me tonight? Your marriage is is made for more than just your individual happiness. I know you want to be happy. We all want to be happy. But I don't find much happiness listed in the Bible, I see joy. Joy is different than happiness. Joy comes even in the midst of trials and persecution. What about happiness? Well, I don't know. Happiness a lot of time is rooted in selfishness and it's fleeting and temporary. What God really wants to do is give you a joyful marriage. Some of you need to declare that tonight. I've got joy You know, the Bible says in Philippians, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. That means you had joy before, you can get it again. Rejoice. And guess what? You have the power to invoke that joy. It's the the presence of God upon your life. And it's beginning to allow God to change the way that you see your marriage. You know what I mean? Yeah, one of the things that I wanted to encourage you guys is, uh, you know, a lot of people reach out and ask, where do I start? You know, we've given you tips and all that stuff. And like Ryan said, one of the things that you can do is change the atmosphere in your home. We often inundate ourselves with so much negativity. We sit and we scroll all day. We, I mean, I'm again, preaching to the choir too. You know, I have to always fast from that when I see myself getting caught up in negativity or starting to compare myself to somebody else because I'm seeing somebody's highlight reel on social media. And so you have to check yourself constantly and say, um, you know, what am I doing? Am I feeding myself negative thoughts and with negativity? And this is what is coming out of me now. I am being short with my kids. I'm being short with my spouse. I am short on time because I am distracted and using up my time with things that are irrelevant and things that are not actually adding to me, my marriage, and my family. And you have to keep yourself in check. And one of those things that you can do is, listen, you go to YouTube, it's free, you know, uh, Apple Music, whatever, just pull, uh, put on some worship music and just walk around. And as you're doing your daily chores, you know, things that may seem mundane, Start worshiping the Lord. You'll start seeing how your children see and notice those things as well. And it's not to say that your situation will change today, you know, but it's getting in the presence of the Lord. And in the presence of the Lord, like Ryan said, there is fullness of joy. Mm-hmm. There are pleasures there at the go. right hand. What, what is that scripture? Uh, there are pleasures at his right hand. At, there are pleasures right, forevermore. Yeah. And in his weakness, you are made strong. And it's not by our own strength. It's not something that we have to do uh through through our works but it's it's uh believing it's it's hoping it's trusting god that he can do the work in me he can do a work in my spouse he can do the work in my children he can work out this uh this horrible situation in my favor but we have to stand on his promises and we have to declare the word of the lord and even though we see the situation bad 
And we, you know, the te- the enemy is tempting us to say, "Yeah, this is my situation. This is what my husband is. This is what they've done to me." But instead, the Lord is telling us to take every thought captive and put on the praise. Put on a garment of praise. Uh, what is that scripture? Put on the garment of praise. Or the spirit of heaviness. The spirit of heaviness. Mm-hmm. So if you are feeling heavy in in your walk in your marriage, or even just in your relationship with the Lord. Turn on that praise music and start uh, doing things differently. Start every day implementing things that is going to feed your soul, that is going to feed your spirit. And maybe you need to fast from social media. Maybe you need to fast from food. Maybe you've been too preoccupied with things that have been distracting you from the most important work. And like Ryan said, you know, oftentimes we're so quick to go out there and go on missions and serve and volunteer and all this stuff. And we forsake our children. We forsake our spouse. We forsake our marriage um, because we think that that's going to resolve itself. But mm-hmm. God has entrusted us with this greatest responsibility to first take care of our household. I always said, I always say this, uh, that our family is my first ministry. That's what I have to do is take care of my family. Is it always going to be perfect? No, but I have to make sure that my family is covered. I mean, when I think about the Proverbs 31 woman, how she does all of those things, you know, she's an entrepreneur, but she's also make sure that her family is clothed during, you know, the cold winters, you know. Um, and so, and, and her husband wakes up and calls her and praises her and her children rise up and also call her, and, uh, and praise her as well. And you just want to get in the presence of the Lord. It's not, again, through the through your strength and something that you uh, can do by yourself, but it's through the, the power of the Holy Spirit that will work in you and give you the confidence and, and the wisdom and the strategy to implement those things on a daily basis that you'll see a big change um, over time in the attitude of your spouse Maybe something that you've been arguing for months and months and months and you haven't had a resolve. The Lord just softens the heart of your spouse. Or maybe the Lord changes your perspective. Maybe it's your pride that's in the way. Maybe you've been feeling like your spouse needs to agree with you. And maybe the Lord needs to work on your heart. And when you get into the presence, God knows how to lead you to that place of repentance because he is a... The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's never going to force himself on you. But whenever you open up your heart to receive, God is going to give you the strategies uh, for your specific situation and for your marriage. This is the greatest work that you're going to to do here on this earth. You're leaving legacy. And uh, the last commission or the greatest commission that we say that Jesus gave us was to make disciples. And that discipleship making process starts at home. You know, if we can raise men and women of God that are bold, that are strong in their faith and their walk with the Lord, can you imagine if they stand on the top of our shoulders and not deal with the trauma and the generational curses that we have been dealing with? What can they do for the work of the Lord if we just equip them with uh, with the things that God is telling us to equip them with, you know? So um, start there. That would be a great start is to to change the atmosphere in your home and start implementing those little habits that are just going to uh, remove the negativity out of your out of your life and really bring you into the presence of God where God will give you those strategies that you need to transform your marriage. Amen. Well, we want to encourage you because forevermore marriage getaway is going to be supernatural. It's going to be romantic and beautiful, and we could rave about the property and all of that. But I want to emphasize that Friday and Saturday experience is going to be prophetic. On Friday night, that worship atmosphere is going to break through the noise that that is in your head and the the challenges in your relationship in the realm of the spirit. That's going to break through. You're going to have deliverance and healing. We're having dreams about this event. It's because we're in it all day. You know, we're telling people about it. We've been counseling more and more couples. It's at the forefront of our mind. But also, we we feel an urgency. We mm-hmm. feel this weight behind this moment. And you've got to get in the room at the Forevermore Marriage Getaway. Forevermoregetaway.com. I don't want you to wait any second. This investment is worth it. We've made it as affordable as possible. It includes certain food. 
and includes workbooks. We could go on about what you're getting for it. This isn't for us to make you know money. This this isn't a business. This aspect of our lives is a ministry, mm-hmm. and all of the funds that we bring in is to make sure you have an amazing experience and to make sure that that we are able to to resource you with the best of tools and the best of strategies to build your marriage upon a firm foundation. Forevermoregetaway.com. You got to be there. I promise that there's going to be deliverance and healing. I feel it deep in my bones. We some of y'all need to get in the presence of the Lord together with your spouse. Yes. Like when was the last time that you, you know, got in the presence of the Lord and were worshiping together and praying together? This is a, a great place to do it, a safe place to do it, and you know, a, a good place to start from. And hopefully implement implement that in your house and Absolutely. go to church together as well. Father, I thank you for, for the marriages that are represented on this broadcast right now. I pray, God, that you would fortify them and strengthen them in the spirit, that you would open up their eyes to see the battle is not just about the flesh and blood experiences and the challenges that they're facing on a day-to-day basis, but it's a bigger fight than they could have ever imagined. Lord, set their mind free from all of the the warfare, the battles. Help them by giving them the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit that will illuminate all of the dark parts of their mind, bring healing to their souls. We thank you for the couples who will attend the Forevermore Getaway, that their lives will be forever transformed. We pray that whatever restrictions, whether that be financial restrictions or hindrances, that are trying to keep these couples from attending. We thank you for providing and, and, and bringing in the resources for them to be able to come and pour in and invest that every excuse would be thrown out the door and that they would make this significant investment in their relationship. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. amen. Victoria, anything else you want to share? Ryan had a dream last night, and I'm not going to go into all the details, but we've been really sensing that... Couples have really been um, under attack. Um, these, I, I would say, this this whole year um, has been really challenging for a lot of couples and people that you would think you know are are doing well, you know. And there's just an attack from the enemy from all sides. And so, um, I, I think it's important for us to get together as a community and support one another and edify one another. I mean, we have mentors that are in their seventies. I think that every person should have that. Um, somebody that you can actually look up to that may be farther ahead than you are and can keep you accountable. But also whenever you're dealing with specific challenges, I know when we dealt with our miscarriage, we dealt with a very hard time in our marriage. You know, um, I personally suffered, I think, from depression. So um, they were really uh, a helpful couple that really led us through that time of grief because that's something that they walk through themselves as well. So it's very important to not isolate yourself and um, not Because there's going to be all kinds of couples there. Yeah, and not be afraid to ask for help. I don't know why we still are struggling with the idea um, of counseling and mediation or reaching out for help. Um, Don't be by yourself. Like, you know, don't isolate yourself. Don't allow the enemy to bring you to a place where... Now you are just hanging by a thread, and now you're asking for help. And that's, I'm not saying that's a bad time. Any time is a good time to ask for help. But I'm saying don't wait. Don't feel like you have to put on this front that everything is okay. But make sure that you also approach a trusted person. Don't just go and spew it to your girlfriend or Because spiritual warfare family. is not just about, you know, the thoughts that go on in your mind. It's also counseling with someone who doesn't have the capacity for what you're dealing with, who doesn't have the experience or the wisdom of God. That's the most important thing, you Mm -hmm. know. And they could drive you even farther from your spouse, and they may not be in that season at all. They may not even be married. We have counseled with people that go and reach out to their girlfriends who are single. They they have no idea what married, married life is like, you know, so... Um, you always want to make sure that you seek wise counsel. And I can tell you, this is a safe space. We have counseled uh, many couples through a lot of things. And it's again, it's not by how good we are. I, I think God has given us wisdom and strategy. And really, we get these principles from Scripture. And let me tell you, we get tested on these 
just as much as we preach to others, we get tested on them pretty much right away. So anytime we open up our mouth and tell you guys these principles or go and teach a workshop, I mean, right away, it's like we get a teaching segment for our own marriage. So we're not perfect, uh, but this is what we feel called and led to do, especially at this time um, where we are having so many issues, you know, identity crisis, um, people dealing with personal issues, um, depression, anxiety, suicide, suicide. It's all, it's all directly related to identity. Yeah. And again, it stems from childhood. There's a lot of childhood things that have the enemy have implanted. I mean, look at what's going on in the world. They're trying to get, let's reach out to the youngest children. Let's pervert it so that when they grow up and the Bible says, uh, you know, instruct the youth at the beginning, and that way when they grow older, they won't depart from it. And the enemy knows exactly what they're doing. What it, he's it's doing. putting a yoke now that they they won't even know that they're carrying when they're adults. Yeah, so it's so important. Our marriages are very important. Um, our next generation that is coming up, we want to make sure that they stand on our shoulders, that we're not... Uh, causing them to start from ground zero and even worse off than we are. We want to lift our children up, and part of that is giving them the greatest gift, and that is having a good relationship with your spouse. Uh, You'd be amazed at how uh, much uh, peace and security your children will feel um, and feel so empowered to do what God has called them to do when they feel that safety and security at home uh, because mom and dad are really working at it. So, Yes. Well, if you haven't already, visit forevermoregetaway.com. Get ready September 1st and 2nd. We're going to be in Greenville, South Carolina for the most amazing marriage experience. Um, I know we're biased because we're putting it together, but I can tell you it's going to be amazing. So don't miss it. Uh, Fight for your marriage. You know, for some of you, the spiritual warfare that you're experiencing is about, okay, I've never paid for any type of event for my marriage, $279. What do you mean? I could do so much with $279. Yeah, you might could. It could buy you a couple of outfits. To be honest, it it wouldn't even buy you a week's worth of groceries for your family in most cases. I mean, every time you go out of the house, it's $100. Mm -hmm. This is a lifelong investment. This is an investment in future generations. And it's only $270. That's what I say. It's only $279. Trust me, we did our research. Every other marriage event out there uh, uh, of any substance, you are going to pay more than that and you're going to get less. Mm -hmm. And, or, or if you're, if you're paying, you know, to be honest, we, we've offered events. How much did we offer? $40. We've done events for $40 and guess what? Five or six couples showed up. And now we're doing an event that's $270, and we've already got 50 couples that are showing up. I think that we, we put a value on things, right? Maybe we, maybe we undervalue certain things when it's given to us for free, and we don't take it as seriously, right? You've got to make a level of the investment. the reason why you have to make this investment, because oftentimes when certain things are free, well, I'll sign up, but I'm not sure if I'm coming or not. No, you have to be intentional. Like if this is something that you're committed to do for your marriage, you have to say, this is the time that I set aside and it's going to happen. I'm not going to be wishy-washy and maybe come, maybe don't come. You have to make that investment. I mean, come on guys, like our, our weddings cost thousands and thousands of dollars. And oftentimes we're so quick to invest money into things um, that are, that just, it's passing, it's fleeing like one day and it's gone. But, um, well, you know, as, Sarita, just... as, as Sarita Jake says, and Bishop Jake says, we got people who are in love with the wedding, but not in love with the idea of marriage. Mm-hmm. They, they are great with the photo op of what their Instagram profile looks like and that everybody sees that they're a happy family. But when it comes to investing in their actual relationship, it's like you're you're driving around with a, a, a Rolls Royce body, but you're you're like in a a Pinto engine and transmission, like it, it's incongruent, and that in of itself is a whole other message about integrity. But it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. What matters is that when you close the door, 
to your home every single night that you've got peace. Peace is priceless, man. You got people who will spend their entire lives building a fortune and they'll spend every last dime of it in the last phase of their life. What are they looking for? They're looking for health and they're looking for peace of mind. But I can tell you, if you make the little investments now, you're not going to be searching for peace of mind later. You're going to have peace of mind and you're going to be able to grow old with your spouse together in love. So one more time, forevermoregetaway.com. We will see you (laughs) next time. Catch us uh, on here. We're going to be going live with Pastors Chris and Nita Daigle. Mm -hmm. Either Friday Friday or next next Wednesday. Wednesday. We're working on that. We've been having couples um, interview Q&As, and it's been an incredible time. We've had really good feedback, so we need to bring more couples on here because... It looks like you guys really like the testimony time and hearing other people's stories of yeah. how they overcame. So go to our bio, check out all of the info for free marriage resources there. Text us, get on our list so you know when we're having events, maybe events closer to you. We do take this on the road at times, but the Forevermore Getaway is a, a, a different kind of thing. So mm-hmm. you want to come in. Actually, we've got couples coming from New York, we've got Florida. them coming from Florida, from mm-hmm. Texas from Georgia, from Columbia, South Carolina, Spartanburg, Greenville, Boiling Springs. I'm trying to think of all of the different places. But we got them. Actually, I've seen some California numbers. I don't know if they're actually coming from California or if they've transplanted from there to South oh, Carolina. Possibly. But either way, we've got people from all over. It's going to be very diverse, black, white, Hispanic, everything in between, Slavic, Russian, Ukrainian, it's going to be uh, really, uh, it's going to look like heaven in there, yep. you know? <laughs> well, we'll see you. God bless. Thanks. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next time.